Hi, everybody. Welcome Bears All Access. I'm Tom Thayer. Jeff is going to be along in a minute. He's just finishing up some interviews with Coach Nagy. We're lucky enough to have our guest, Mike Davis. Mike, thanks for coming down today. Thanks for taking your time before probably the, you know, one of the biggest games in the career of the Bears. You think of the 100-year anniversary, kicking off the NFL season, and how exciting is it for you for this opportunity? It's very exciting for me. Um, I'm just grateful, you know, to be here, thankful, and uh, Coach Nagy and a uh, pace to uh, believe in me and um, have me here to play. You know, belief in you is what I hear everybody. Ryan Pace talks about it all the time. Coach Nagy talks about it all the time. But, you know, belief, you've created that because what you've been able to accomplish in the short amount of time that you've been in the NFL is the reason why you were sought after in the first place in probably your versatility as a player. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, coming out after the season, um, after, you know, becoming a free agent, it was just like when I became a free agent, you know, everybody started calling and I was just like, you know, I didn't I didn't know I had like, you know, this much value. You know, I was always thinking to myself, like I have a lot of value, but like, you know, a lot of teams were calling, you know, and all this and all that. And I was just, you know, you know, blessed, with, <laughs> you know, thankful for that. You know, us, us ex-players were kind of jealous in the way they go about the preseason nowadays. Um we used to play the whole game, the yeah. entire game. Is this the smallest amount of time in terms of game play that you've had throughout your career in the preseason? Yes, and um, I'm actually I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, <laughs> I, I love the way uh, Coach Nagy, his, his approach is as far as preseason. Um, I hate that, um, that even the idea of them cutting back preseason because I remember coming in as a younger player that I basically made the team because of preseason. So I, I never looked down on the players that sat there grinding, you know, through preseason. From the time you got into the pros to where you're at right now, what have you improved at in your game? What have you improved at the most? You know, because it seems like, you know, the thing about a college player coming to the pro level is, hey, can he pick up the blitz? Can he, you know, catch the ball, you know, out of the backfield from the line of scrimmage and all these different formations? How can he read the line of scrimmage? What are you better at at this point in your career? Um, I would say my mindset um, – where my mind is basically. Um, I feel like everything else comes, you know, comes natural as far as running back, as far as, you know, running faster, uh, catching better. Um, I don't look at those things as like big improvements. Um, I look at myself, you know, my mental state. That's what I've gotten better at. What is your off-season habits? Because I think, you know, that's one thing that you're always challenged at. As you get older, as you gain experience in the mm -hmm. NFL, what do you do during the off-season to get yourself prepared? Um, I train really hard in Atlanta, and um, you know, as I've learned throughout the years, um, is is better to take care of your body, you know, just as much as you train. So um, that's like one of my big things was taking care of my body, and I'm seeing like a dr you know a dramatic change in how fast I run. And because um, in the in the youngest years, I was just decided just running. I never really took care of my body as much. Chicago Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, home warranty products for, to over a million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGSenergy.com. You know, I read this article about you having this chip on your shoulder. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? Is that something that you'll carry with you throughout your whole career? Yeah, of course, because um, it, it took a lot to get here, and I'm never satisfied with where I am. So um, I'm always have a chip on my shoulder. It's just something I just go out there and play with. You know what's crazy? I was reading about you. you uh, your senior year in high school, you have 1,923 yards. You carry the ball 213 times. 
So far in your pro career, you've carried a 234 times. <laughs> You're a fresh guy. Yeah. I mean, re, re, you know, and I, you know, the the re, the um, experience that you had is the reason that you're so sought after for a free agent. But you're a guy that's you know been in the NFL for a while, but you're I still took a lot of beating, right? Um, did yeah. you, did the well? This is why I wanted to ask you at the beginning of that when you when you look back at your high school senior year, did the 1923 yards or the 213 carries did that seem like a lot of work, or were you so much more talented the rest of the guys you played with that it, it wasn't a big str- strain on you? Um, I was just in high school. I, I don't I don't know. I just feel like you you don't get tired. I don't, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, your your endurance and everything is 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 really high in high school. Um, Stone Mountain, Georgia, right? Yeah, I went to Stevenson High School, and um, before that, I was at Frederick Douglass. And um, yeah, man, it's it's I don't no, nah, it wasn't tough in high school, but it's just I just feel like high school you and and uh, I don't want to say one of the best shapes in your life, one of the best shapes in your life. I guess starting college, but. High school, it was easy. Okay, then you uh, you have a chance that you're you're ready to go to Florida, and then mm-hmm. you decide to go to South Carolina. Yep. What what was the reason for that switch? Yeah, so that story is kind of funny. Um, so you know, like the top recruits, you know, we all talk to each other and everything. I don't, I guess, coaches didn't know that when they were recruiting you. But um, back then, um, I was committed to Florida 100. percent Like it didn't matter what was going on, I was going to Florida. You know, I always wanted to play football in Florida. So. You know, I couldn't wait to get there. So it, there was nothing, you know, that could make me switch. So um, they do the in-home visit, and they send, uh, I think it was uh, Coach Lewis, Derek Lewis. I think it was tight end coach at Florida at the time. They send a tight end coach to my house for an in-home visit. You know, usually they send, like, you know, head coach or your position coach for an in-home visit. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. I don't care. I'm coming to Florida anyway. So, so did you, um, are you saying you got offended that they didn't no, send the head coach? No. <laughs> so my brother, uh, my brother asked them uh, where they recruiting uh, Keith Marshall. You know, Keith Marshall's one, one of you know one of my best friends, and um, he was like, "No, he sucks," and all this, all that, blah, blah, blah. blah. So I'm, I'm looking at my brother like, "Why are you even asking? Like, it doesn't matter." So the next day, they send like the whole coaching staff to Keith Marshall House to recruit him, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going." Well, so but Steve Spurrier was the head coach at South Carolina, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that kind of increased your value because you had seventy catches throughout your college career? Mm-hmm. You know, how many catches would you have had in Florida? Would you have you know been a you know primarily a running back? But it seems like the more that you can expand your game is probably a big reason why you're here with the Bears because they like the receiving ability. Mm-hmm. But seventy catches in three years—that's a pretty good number. Yeah, I would say it's it's really it's really within two years. My first shot really didn't. Right, yeah, yeah. You had single uh, digit catches, but I was was given the total. Yeah, Yeah, I was sitting behind Marcus Lattimore, man, which was really a blessing sitting behind him. But um, and Steve Spurrier offense, uh, you you had no choice but to learn how to you know to be able to catch in that offense. If you can't catch and block, then you won't be out there. Um, so when you went to San Francisco, did you ever play at Seattle as a member of the 49ers? Be- the- because this is the reason I'm asking. I'll, I'll get to the question. is because the, the noise inside Seattle, as we've gone there as broadcaster, unbelievable, man. Yeah. It, it is crazy. And, you know, how destructive is that against the opponent's offense? When you're there part of the Seattle Seahawks, you hear that crowd noise, and you know that there's no verbal communication on the line of scrimmage. Because I really believe that's what you're going to hear here Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, I played against Seattle, and well, I didn't play that game, but I was there. And um, 
um, being an opponent team and not being able to talk to somebody right next to you is kind of, I want to say it's kind of annoying, but it, it's, it's, it's an NFL communication is, is big. So it's like you have that communication and everything is off and then time is ticking down and you get to rushing and that's when bad things happen. So crowd noise is, is like a big thing. Right. I think you're going to hear a siren Thursday night that's kind of going to be a little bit annoying <laughs> to yourself. But last year they introduced it to the Bears crowd and it, it's it's deafening at times. But, hey, you know, that's the great benefit of playing under the most one of the most supportive home and, you know, following crowds that you can get. This is going to end our first section. We'll be right back and we'll have the man at the mic that should be here, Jeff Joniak. We're here with Mike Davis and we'll we'll get right back to you. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, back with you, along with Tom Thamer, broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, and our guest. Uh, today's show is Mike Davis, the veteran running back, ready to make his maiden voyage with the Chicago Bears. And I, I just uh, I just finished my interview with Matt Nagy for the pregame show on Thursday night. So he's uh, as relaxed and as composed as you can possibly, but he's so excited at the same time. And I think the message is that, Mike, he wants all you guys to feel the same way and not make it too big, even though it is big. Yeah, I just want to make sure everybody, you know, not on edge out there, but um, you, you're going to have some guys, you know, out there with, with the nerves and on edge still, but um, we're just trying to make sure we all come and relax. We got a good day of practice, and um, we just want to make sure that carries over to the game. And the whole thing is about emotion when you get right down to it because yeah. you got to manage your own emotions on game day. It doesn't matter if it's week one or week 17, there's that. But I, I like to break it up into segments. You got you got rookies. Yep, in your own room, David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Only can imagine what his emotions are going to be. You get a guy like yourself that's been on two other teams, got a fresh slate here in Chicago, exciting new offense. You got your own emotions. You got the emotions of a head coach that took a team to 12 wins last year and a playoff loss and still trying to get that bad taste out of the mouth to move on. You got the emotions of fans that are have high expectations this year. I mean, emotions all over the board. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. You know, a guy that, the team that traded him, yeah. Now he's got to go out here and try and beat them. I mean, there's all these chips on shoulders and emotions all over the place. So how do you guys do that as professional athletes? Um, just go out there and relax. Uh, your teammates talk to you. Those you have teammates for. Um, you have guys out there that, you know, you talk to guys that calm them down. But, I mean, also, you know, you can listen to music or your pregame, you know, ritual or, or however you handle it. What is yours? Um, I just listen to music or or comedy at times. Yeah. Any Any particular tunage? Um, I listen to all, you know, rappers from Atlanta, like Future, Lil Baby, all those type of guys. But other than that, I listen to like, like Nephew Tommy uh, from Steve Harvey, uh, Morning Show. I listen to his uh, oh, okay. prank calls. Any run, <laughs> any run DMC? Uh, they've been playing a lot of that in practice. Well, it's it's funny, though, that, you know, that that's the name that the running back room has yeah. taken over. And when you, you know, that was more of my era than your era. But it's, it's, it's funny how... You know, as soon as you get three guys in a room together, you start thinking of, you know, what title can we put to this room? Because, as Jeff mentioned, you guys seem to be so different. Is, is Tariq, is he the life of the room and you're the experience of the room and then Montgomery's just trying to figure out where he fits in? Uh, I would say Montgomery already figured, he, he, he already fits in um, in the room. He's, he's a talented young running back. and uh, Yeah, honestly, I can't wait to see him you know, go out and play as well. And, you know, I'm excited to play, but I'd love to see 
my teammates go out there and do well. Especially guys who uh, it's it's important to him. You can tell. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's got a very business like approach on that practice field, and I think it's tantalizing. And and I'm an Iowa State grad, so you know, <laughs> I, I I saw almost every snap, so I know what to expect from his talents. Uh, and and they are they are special talent. All you guys have special talents. This run this running back trio is. As diverse as you guys are not all like, you know, you're not six foot running backs. Mm-hmm. You guys are all diverse in your own way, though, and you have special talents. And I guess that's what's tantalizing about it for all you guys. And and I'm sure you guys all feel about that the same way about each other. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, we, we, we go out there, we're taking it personal, personal, and it's it's like you can't just key on one guy. That's that's our thing with our, run, uh, with our running back room. Uh, we want to be able to go out there and do everything, you know, that's – so you can't just look at one person and say when he's on the field he does this. So you, you got to run the back room that could you could put anybody anywhere. You know when you came out and I I don't know what all the scouting reports said obviously but it's always okay guys can run the ball the instincts of a running back you know that 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 translates very well to to day one in the National Football League season but the other stuff like pass catching hands pass pro how how are you at those in your opinion? in terms of pass catching, route running, and pass pro, and how has that evolved since you got in the league? Um, I would say my route running has evolved a lot, especially coming from um, Seattle. Um, I had to know receiver routes and signals, and that's something that um, I'm here. You have, to, you have to know everybody's position. So um, I was involved in, in route running, catching, and um, things of that nature. <laughs> did, when, so when the free agent market opened up, did you have a chance to investigate the Bears offense and Mark Helfrich, Coach Nagy, Dave were going, and, the, and everybody else who would have a hand in coaching you? Or did you, or did they come at you so quickly that they kind of set their sights on your skill set to fit into their offense? Um, I, I already looked at, you know, Chicago's offense. And um, it, was, it was like when free agency started, um, I knew I was going to be a free agent. I knew I wasn't going back to Seattle. So I was, you know, I asked, you know, players around the league, you know, how do, what do you think about this team? You know, what do you think about such and such? And um, Benny Cunningham, um, I talked to him. I was like, you know, like, like, what do you think, you know, about Chicago? And he was like, man, if you have a chance to go, just go, man. It's, it's, and he was like, it's the best place for you. And um, he, he was saying the offense is, is, is you'll love it, the concepts and everything. And, um, as I was just looking, you know, looking around um, Chicago, as soon as free agency opened, um, it was like Chicago was pushing the hardest. And I just wanted to go somewhere I was wanted. You know, you go through OTAs, and it's kind of behind closed doors. You don't have the the uh, visibility of the fan support that you d- did at training camp. Did it surprise you that every day that 10,000 people lined the five fields yeah. around training camp in support of what – you know, not only to their expectations of what the Bears, but just the overall support of their team. Um, yeah, um, I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, waking up in Bourbon A, and um, you know, as I'm <laughs> on a cart riding, you know, to the <laughs> stadium, um, seeing you know the long lines for people to get in, I'm just like, this is like every day. Yeah, it's the right yeah, time to be a bear crazy. right now. I mean, yeah. it really is. It's the right time to be a bear, and I and I like that you researched it from a perspective of a guy who isn't here anymore, yeah. because you're, you're going to get all sorts of reactions. Sometimes guys don't like the fact that they didn't get invited back or they got moved or whatnot. So, uh, But Benny, very well respected in that room here. Uh, 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 a 
uh, Brian Piccolo Award winner as a veteran, uh, very well-spoken guy, and, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to know that the guys who've left appreciated what was here. And I know there's guys on this practice squad that are thrilled that they're able to still be here right now, not just because it's an NFL job, but it's because it's the Bears, and they've done their own research, and their buddies are out the league saying, well, it's not like that here. And the, and the part that's not like that here, you can speak to more than us. So you've been with Seattle. You've been with San Francisco, as Tom, and you talked about in the first segment. But it's the camaraderie. I mean, I just asked Akeem Hicks yesterday. I said, you know, oh, Mac. Excuse me, I asked Mac. I go, now that you've been here a year, what what's the difference? And he goes, the camaraderie. It's just everybody's pulling on the same rope. And mm-hmm. sometimes that could be a cliche, Mike. But you guys are living it right now. Do you, do you feel that same thing right now? Yeah, I feel it's a brotherhood. We all, you know, we all come together, you know, every day. And it's, it's, you can just tell in practice we all be in sync. And um, it's just you got guys that's just so ready to play and and go out and hit somebody, you know, other than each other. And um, Which is also cliche in the National Football League, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> everybody says it every year. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's real, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just you got a, a group of players that, you know, that love each other and um, – you know, they just can't go out there and play for their brothers. Mike Davis, our guest here on Bears All Access, right before the start of the regular season opener against the Green Bay Packers Thursday night at Soldier Field. We'll have it for you starting with a 420 pregame on WBBM, followed by a 722 kickoff at Soldier Field. Another segment coming up here with the Bears running back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Mike Davis, the veteran running back, now a Chicago Bear, played his college football at South Carolina. So you've had some coaches now. Let's talk about the old ball coach. Did you guys need you guys to talk about that, did you? The old ball coach? Steve well, Spurrier. He kind of gave us a funny story why he went from Florida to South Carolina. Right, but I want to know about the all-ball coach. I, I love that guy. He, he, he's you love an, him? Well, I, I, <laughs> hold on. I didn't, I didn't play for him, but I love – I just love the – I just his love of the game, you know? Yeah, um, yeah he, he was a good coach. Um, he, he, he was tough to play for. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's a good coach. And then uh, you, had San, you had Chip Kelly. Yes. Yeah, Jim Tom Sula for one year. Yeah, the first year. Yeah, so Pete Carroll. I mean, these are wow, all diverse, yeah. different. I mean, wow, is right. How could you put all that in the context? All yeah, these offensive it's, coaches. It's, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's really hard, especially having a different head coach every year in the league. So me coming into San Fran, having Tom Sula and then Chip Kelly and then Kyle Shanahan coming in. And, you know, when head coaches come in, they want to bring in, you know, their own guys, their type of players who they think, you know, you know, who are already who they think, you know, already better than you and don't give you a shot. And then it's just like, hey, just got to go and prove them wrong. Is, is it is it tough? You know, when you, I, I was an offensive lineman, so the five offensive linemen, they work together and you kind of have similar kind of fundamentals about no matter what system you play. And if you play in a Chip Kelly system, Steve Spurrier system or Matt Nagy system, was everything different for you for every different guy you played for? Because it seemed like Steve Spurrier is wide open. Chip Kelly is run quick as much as you can possibly get around the field. Thomas Sulo is a defensive-minded head coach. So were were things different for you for every head coach you played for? Yeah, every year, which is pretty tough. Yeah. 
imagine. Yeah, so Chip Kelly was by far that that offense was a total totally different than everybody else. Um, but as you go and play in a league, certain things you know it click and it sounds the same, and and it is the same you know as far especially as protection. And as you get, that's why I say as far as your mentality, once you know as you get smarter and the game goes on and goes on, uh, plays become easier to learn. Concepts become easier to learn, and especially um, seeing defenses. Did, did you feel this offense was in that category? Yeah, this offense is easy to learn, uh, verbiage. And once you – I mean, you understand the names and um, you understand the concepts and why things are run and certain things just click, like I said, then, you you know, it would be easier for you. You know, Matt Nagy today uh, when he met the media after practice, because he's been hit on this a lot about not playing in the regular season – or mm, uh, preseason, preseason, rather – Will there be rust? And he goes, rust? Forget about it. He goes, I ran more practice reps than I ever have in my whole career <laughs> as a coach. And you guys felt it. I talked to Taylor Gabriel yesterday. He said, I feel like I've played games. Yeah. Would you say that that's a fair representation of what training camp and this offseason has, has been like for all of you guys? Oh, yeah. Trust me. He's, he's pushed us a lot, especially guys who, you know, who don't play in the preseason games. Oh yeah, we go out and practice. We we go out and have our own uh, mock games and everything. And uh, we we you know four quarters. You know you have your you have time and everything. So we go out and get our work done. You know you may not see it in preseason games. The guys in the sideline, but trust me, that day before and the day before that, those guys are getting those reps in. How, how's your feel for the offensive line? Because I I do think when you look at Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair, James in the middle, mm-hmm. you look at the two offensive tackles. This is oh. a heck. That's a heck of a group. They're athletic and they're strong and powerful. Your first run that you had in preseason, you basically ran straight through the hole for for twenty yards. Do you have a good relationship with these guys? Oh yeah, I have a really good relationship with everybody on the offensive line. It's fun, man. I crack jokes with them every day, and um, yeah, I told. What's crazy was um. I told them that, you know, I was, one day I was going to take, you know, take them all out to eat. But it's like, <laughs> like, that kind of hurt my pocket. Right. They all just lined and their they're all yeah, just right? got, you know, you know, Cody just got paid. Right. You know, Kyle is paying. It's just like. Charles got paid last year. Yeah, Bobby's got like, an extension. Yeah, James know, Daniels like, a high draft pick. <laughs> you know, 52 million is like, ah. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of tough. Hey, you get, buy him a gift. Yeah. You know, <laughs> They'll take you out to dinner. Yeah, they, they, will be, they will be taking you out You know, dinner. that's the thing about it is the first time you pick up a blitzer that maybe they lose control of, then all of a sudden they're patting you on the back instead of the other way around. But, uh, you know, the way these plays are choreographed um, is that, you know, they're – there's a lot of versatility to this offense. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you are you get to play all over the place. You get to line up everywhere. That's got to be fun for all the skills that you've de- developed since your time in college throughout all those coaches to the point where you're at now. Yeah, that's that's why I love this offense because I, I, I can't be, you know, I, don't be, I won't be looked at as one-dimensional, and I can be everyone on the field at any time. That's why I love the offense. That's why I love the concepts that I love. You know how how Matt how he sets everything up, so it's it's, it's really amazing how the plays come by and um, how you you know you can be put at a certain spot and you know and get the ball. So I, I legit love this offense. You can talk a little offensive line with him, by the way. He was a left tackle. His very first and uh, first football job was a left tackle. Good for you. Ten years old. <laughs> Good for you. Ten years old, well, my friend. Uh, well, well, last year we talked to Roquan Smith, and he was talking about how he was. They wanted to put him at center, 
and he went there one day and hated it so much he asked the coach if he couldn't play there anymore and you know hey it's a good experience to get into three points yeah. <laughs> for once in your life Grove, Grove, yeah, Grove Park, Grove Park down, is in yeah. Georgia right yeah Lithonia so Georgia I'm, I'm, no it's Atlanta I'm Atlanta? from Atlanta Georgia okay so when my when my brother uh got drafted to the NFL he moved us out to uh Lithonia okay, my okay. second year in high school like my sophomore year. So, do you remember that first practice snap at left tackle at ten? Yeah, I, yeah. I was I was playing left tackle, and then they were just like, uh, "Let's try my running back." <laughs> and um, ever since then, I was just I was I was killing it. Usually, it's the other way around, Mike. Usually, yeah. you think you can take a snap at fullback, <laughs> and they move you up to offensive guard or center or something. Yeah. So I was uh, I started at left tackle, and then uh, I, you know I guess they they knew who my brother was, and then. I got it running back, and then the rest was history. It was running back <laughs> all the time after that. So were there coaches around your house recruiting your brother, and, you know, he tried to walk around and show them that you're the next prospect up to bat in this family? Oh, no, 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 no. I wish uh, – when my brother was uh, – what, when he was in college, I was in high school. Um, yeah, it, was, it was – Do you remember the recruiters coming around and, you know – trying to investigate his talent and stuff oh yeah I, I most definitely remember um it was is is really crazy um it was a lot going on especially you know for my brother and then it was you know everybody knew who my brother was but then nobody know who mike davis was you right. know everybody know james davis but and then i started getting the name you know james davis little brother and i was just like Okay, yeah, I got to do something about that. Yeah, yeah this, this like is not that, the, did no, you? I didn't like that one. Well, though. I lived the same thing because my brother, two years older than me, was a star in high school football, and no one knew who I was. Everybody knew who Rick there was, and so you kind of live, you know. But the 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 living in the shadows of your older brother kind of inspires you to yeah. want to be able to do what what they're doing or what they're accomplishing. Yeah, and uh, me sitting back and watching how everything unfolded with him in the NFL, and I was I was just sitting back and learning, you know, everything I could behind him. So, um, it, you know, hearing, hearing the James Davis little brother just made me want to work harder. Right. You know, especially coming out of high school, uh, everybody thought, you know, I would go to Clemson. Yeah, like, yeah. Nah, I go to the rival school with that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll pick up that story after this commercial break because there are lessons learned in all of yeah. that. All of that. James Davis, by the way, was uh, Mike's big brother, but Mike's his own man right now for Chicago Bears, that's for sure. Green Bay Packers will know that starting on Thursday night. We'll step away. Another break here on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The School. Thursday night's 100th season home opener against the Green Bay Packers is brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of your Chicago Bears. With Mike Davis, Bears running back, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak with you. Uh, previous to the break here, we were talking about his brother James Davis, who was a sixth-round pick out of Clemson by the Cleveland Browns. Also played with the Washington Redskins and had some some time with the Detroit Lions, I believe, as well. But, you know, growing up as the, as the brother of somebody who's already in the NFL is not simple when you're trying to make your own way. And <laughs> is that still fuel you right now a little bit? You know, you, you're trying to make your own identity and trying to make your mark. Um, no, it doesn't, it does, that doesn't fuel me anymore because, um, you know, I can go home. You know, I have my own name. And uh, me doing my thing in high school, um, I end up getting my own name. But at the time, it was, it was a... Okay, like I, I have to get this out of people's heads as the, you know, James Evans' little brother. Like this, this is not going to stick with me. And then, in terms of his own career, and you look at that, and you see just how fleeting it all can be. Mm -hmm. uh, he did not have a long career mm -hmm. with the Cleveland Browns and was injured, and uh, those big dreams can really evaporate quickly, can't they? Yeah, uh, really quickly. So, 
Um, there there was things, you know, I, I always I always like to, you know, sit back and learn and uh watch guys, you know, if they're in front of me, you know, I, I always love to learn from them. that's, you know, one of the reasons why I went to South Carolina. Um, I felt like if I was gonna go anywhere and if I wasn't gonna play right away but end up playing, I felt like okay, I'd rather go to South Carolina and sit behind Marcus Lattimore and learn some things from him because, you know, I, I knew for a fact next year he was going to the NFL. Like, you know, he had the talent. So um, me sit back and then watch the things un- unravel with my brother, I used to always think to myself, like, yeah, that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. What what did you – what could have been done differently there, you know, when you think about it that you learned about? Uh, from my brother, yeah. um, you, you know, taking things more seriously, um, you know, on the field, off the field. Um, not letting things get to me with family and 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 friends and watching everything financially and um, you know, just learning from every little thing. You know, that's the one thing and and things we can't relate to. But when NFL when players become NFL players, and I, I've heard it a thousand times from from guys in in the mm-hmm. same position, the family and friends that want a little piece of it yeah, becomes <laughs> so difficult to deal with. I yeah. mean, uh, there are, there have been so many guys who have come through this building that have so, said the same story. And um, I always talk about a story, and you'll know the name, Gaines Adams. Mm-hmm. Gaines Adams played at Clemson. He was a first-round pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. was traded to the Bears, and he always told me he did not want to go home. He didn't want to go home because everybody wanted something. He just didn't want to go home. And he went home after his last season with the Bears, and he died. He had a, a some congenital heart issue that no one knew about, and he died. And I always felt it was like he was just heartbroken. Like he didn't want, he he didn't know he was going to be a first round pick. He didn't think he was good enough to be a first round pick. Someone else thought that, and he was deemed a failure in Tampa. And all but all those folks out there yeah. wanted a piece of of Gaines Adams, and those are the types of difficult scenarios that we never see or hear about. But it's got to weigh you down a little bit. Yeah, it does, um, especially uh, my rookie year and second year, especially in, in San Fran. Uh, I, I can say I felt the same way, especially, you know, it, it, it gets – it can wear you down, especially, you know, everybody, you know, asking for something. And it's just like, you know, can everybody do – nobody can do anything. It was like – you feel like nobody can do nothing, like, on their own. Like, mm-hmm. they need you. And it's just like it's, – it's annoying when, you know, you, you're trying to prepare for a game where you're getting calls like – I need you to pay for this. I need you to do that. And it's just like, I got a game in, in an hour, and you're calling me for, yeah. you know, this, such and such. And, you know, you know, I need you to pay, you know, my rent, my bills, and all this. And it, it, it can legit, you know, break you down. So you got to learn to say no. Yeah. You got to learn how to say no. And live and, with the consequences. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's, it's just no is, you know, is a word. You know, it's hard for you to tell, you know, your parents no, you know, especially when they raise you. But it's, it's things you have to go through. And, you, you got to learn with, and they got to know that, you know, as a player, you don't owe them anything. So you, you can you can always do things for it, but you don't owe them nothing. That's 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 tough that I had to learn. You know, in your running back life, especially when you have an older brother, when did you f- you know factor in how important your ability to catch the ball was going to be? Because it seems like if you have an older brother who's a running back, everybody, whether you're Pop Warner. You know, you're 1,900 yards as a senior in high school. You're running the ball is such a talent. But nowadays in the NFL, and Coach Nagy has talked about it a lot, that you got to be able to have the talent to catch the ball. When did that kind of creep into your your mind about your your advancement and going forward? Um, College. Um, 
<laughs> at running back, um, you know, we ran a lot of wheel routes coming out at South Carolina. Um, so is um, it because of Spurrier? Because he liked to throw the ball? Yeah, I, I would say because of Spurrier. Um, you you just had to be able to catch the ball, or you were not you were not playing. There was a lot of things that 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 went on that if you couldn't do this, then you weren't going to play. Were you good immediately at that? Because it seemed like there's players all around the NFL that they have great talent in running the ball. They're tough. They can lower their shoulder pads. And throughout my generation to now that, you know, sometimes it's difficult for them to pick that up. Was that something that it was an easy transfer for you? It was easy to transfer. I don't think I ever had a, a problem catching. But it's, it's really all about concentrating and, and doing it over and over and over. So, um I mean, it's something I practice a lot, especially in the offseason. Mike Davis, Bears running back with us here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with engineer Paul Zerang and our producer Dan Brilli, Jeff Joniak, and Tom Thayer. You mentioned Marcus Lattimore, and I bring it up only in that there's another lesson learned or reality learned because that injury that he suffered mm-hmm. was uh, it was terrible. It was a tragic story, uh, and it really ruined his uh, abilities to, to make – that jump and and make a, a successful NFL career. Uh, what was your takeaway of that? Because you were right there when it all went down. Um, it was. It's just like it was. It was really unfortunate, and for it to happen to like Marcus Lattimore, I just feel like it wasn't fair mm-hmm. because the kind of person that he was. It's really good too. And um, not only was Lat like like good on the field, but Lat was like a genuinely great person like off the field like if lat could lend you his freaking shirt off his back <laughs> and that was his last one like he would like he he legit would do that he's that type of person and um man it's, it was just things like i learned with lat where well, it was times like in college you know it, you feel like yeah, i can't do this no more like i i want to give up but mm. you send behind you send my lat and he's telling you hey come on let's do it you know uh, i'm going through i'm feeling the same thing come on let's get through it and, you know, he was that type of guy. And Did something like that, you know, trickled down. And when he left, you know, I, I still had that mindset. And when the guy next to me, you know, he wanted to give up. And, you know, while we're running and all this, you you know, you think you can't do it. And you get that encouragement from one of your team. It's like, hey, man, come on. You know, I feel the same thing. Let's get through it. What's he doing now? Um, Actually, um, he he works for South Carolina now, I think, uh, with player development. So um, I actually just talked to like recently. I need South Carolina to send me some gear. You know, <laughs> when you when you think of a guy like Lattimore and Jeff today was at the unveiling of the statue of George Halas and Walter Payton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you do you understand the enormity of Walter Payton? Are you are you too far removed from the end of his career to, you know, because it doesn't it don't it doesn't seem like they have highlight film, you know, like they distribute highlight films today like they used to. Are you familiar with the greatness of Walter Payton? Yeah, I'm, of course I am with sweetness. Come on, man. <laughs> well, it's hey, it's hey, it's thirty something years since you know Walter Payton. But that's has the beauty of him, though. Yeah. you go to the combine every year and. There's still guys that never got to see him play, but they'll punch on YouTube and they grew up with it or yeah. they get ready for a high school football game, and it's Walter. Yeah, you you can most definitely put up some highlights of Walter and some of the stuff he did was was most definitely amazing. And I don't – I don't. there was a play I think he ran through like three people. I still don't understand how he did it. But great it, it, contact. Well, you know, you know, great it's, contact balance and a heart. Well, you know, it's funny in the rules of today when you look at some of those runs against yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs or the, Bolt, or the Detroit Lions and stuff – 
you know, he, he'd, he'd be fine in, in yeah, nowadays. But, you know, Walter said he had a coach in high school or in college once that told him, don't ever run out of bounds, run don't through the guy easy. that's going to attempt to tackle. And then they figured out how many yards he had after contact near the sidelines, and it was significant in his career. Or how many extra yards when he put the football down, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> he always put it yeah, ahead. So that, that collects yardage, too. The all-time leading rusher at the time, uh, Walter Payton. We'll continue our final segment with Mike Davis, Bears running back, getting ready for the Bears and Packers Thursday night here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. One more segment to go with Mike Davis, kind enough to give up his time as the Bears get ready to meet the Packers. Final day of practice here, a little uh, walkthrough tomorrow, and then it's uh, off to business in a season that everybody can't wait to get going. Mike Davis with Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. We we're talking about Walter Payton, and I was at the unveiling today, emceed that, and uh, I... I honestly, Tom, and I'm going to share this with everybody, the, to be so fortunate to be a part of all this as I have been for the last you know, 23 years with the Bears organization and being asked to do something like that, you never know what you're really going to expect. Like we didn't know what to expect at the 100, and you walk out there, and it's, it's a wow moment, right? And so there were probably 300 people there, dignitaries from Chicago, and it's windy as can be, and you're hoping the rain, and there's – Virginia Hallis McCaskey, and there's Dan Hampton, and there's Mike Ditka, who was thrilled to be there. And there's the Payton family. And Jared Payton and uh, Brittany are just so thankful for this opportunity to have those statues there. And the passion of which they spoke. I wish, I mean, I'm sure you heard I it. I saw it. No, I saw so Dan, it. I, yeah. Dan was unbelievable. Yes. As he, right on cue, he, he captured everything perfectly about the essence of these two great men. And the George Hallis statue is is just so real. It's real. You see it out here every day. Every you day. can't help but notice it. Yeah, every day. And now everybody who walks to Soldier Field from that south parking lot into Soldier Field are going to see that. And just it's it looked like it had been there permanently. Like it's been there forever. It just, with the backdrop of the stadium, it's a beautiful bronze statue of both men and captured the essence of who they are. Uh, I just, you never get tired of those moments. But you can't get that at every organization. That's what's the beauty of this one, the history and you're going to go out there and start a new chapter for yourself and for the team. Yeah, the history here, I, most, I mean, you most definitely feel it, especially uh, at Soldier Field. just something about being there that um, it just feels like at home. But, um, yeah, I, honestly, I, I can't wait till Thursday night. I know it's going to be crazy, but, honestly, I can't wait to step on the field. You know, it is incredible because Matt Nagy talks about you guys creating your own legacy. And I think that's what every Bears fans hope for because I, I was a part of the 85 team, but I grew up here my whole life. So I understand the role that the Chicago Bears, certain individuals play in the history of the Bears. But you imagine how enormous it would be for you guys to create your own legacy and leave behind a, a trail of great memories here in the city. So, you know, Matt is just preaching to you guys, you know, understand what you guys have the opportunity to, to create in front of you. Yeah, we have a, we had a lot of talent, um, <laughs> a lot of talent everywhere in this offense, and um, you know I always tell people, you know, we have weapons everywhere, and um, this this defense is amazing. Um, honestly, sick and tired of practicing against them, <laughs> but um, it's I I can't stress it enough. Every position I feel like is loaded. It is amazing practicing against your defenses, and and again, just from my own account, is practicing against the '85 defense, and. It was it, it was it was crazy that how good of a team that you get a chance to practice against every day. Yeah, it is it, is it, actually tough, but then again, you know, I mean, you're thankful for it. Um, you probably won't see it anywhere else. But um, when the game time comes, I feel like you know it's it's easier. 
So it's, it's just one of those type of things where, you know, you just got to be ready and uh, expect the unexpected. One, one thing that I give uh, a great deal of credit to Matt Nagy, and others have tried it, but you got to have the right chemistry and the right situation to move lockers around and have offensive players be hanging out with defensive players and not just position group specific. That being said, have you have you become tight with any defensive players? <laughs> yeah, I'm, a- I'm actually cool with everybody on defense. That's the crazy part. My locker is right next to uh, Khalil Mack. So, you know, oh, if, you know, you know if he can yesterday. wash off some of the greatness on me, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll be fine with that. Yesterday, so he was surrounded and you were looking for your shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know, you know, if people hadn't heard that. I, I just wanted, you know, to make people laugh. I, you know, I wanted to scare somebody. So I told him, hey, watch out for my shoes. Right, 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 right. Is, right. There, is there any history behind number 25 for you? Um, there's no history behind it. Um, I wore um, 28 all my life because uh, my favorite football player was Marshall Falk. Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> he could do it all, and um, I think it was one run. I, I don't. I think it was against the Browns, where he ran and he just stopped, and the guy ran past him like without looking. But um, man, I I just love the fact that you know Marshall Falk could legit do it all, especially catching. You know, catching probably came from Marshall Falk. But you're gonna have the yeah. same opportunity within this offense, Mike. This is an offense that is gonna allow you to do everything capable uh, that uh, you're talents that you're capable of in your talents yeah that's why uh, Chicago is one of the places that I wanted to come to because I knew I would be able to be anywhere on this offense and as you watch it throughout the season you you know you see you see how much fun these guys are having and you know in my head I always thought to myself like yeah I want to be a part of that how many times did you see videos of club dub um I think I saw all of them. And you, and what, <laughs> and, and, so what what impression did it leave you, say, from the beginning and then to the end? Because it certainly evolved into something much bigger because I'm sure guys were even a little hesitant to join in the fray and have some fun like that. But what what message did it send you as a guy looking for the outside in? Um, it sends a message as, you know, this team has a lot of fun, you know, during a game and, and when it's over. Like, we're we going to have fun beating the brakes off you, and then after we're going to go and celebrate. You know, that's one of the things, you know, you look at a lot of places, you know, are very strict, locked down, and, you you know, guys are just like, you know, go here, and, and, and it's military here. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, it's, you know, you just from the outside looking in, you look at the Chicago Bears, you think this team, once they score touchdowns, <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing you talk about being locker mates with Khalil Mack is that you go from club dub, then you see the serious approach he has. And I just think it's a, a really important role that he plays on the preparation of this team and for all you guys to get prepared for Thursday night. Yeah, you see Khalil Mack. Um, it's one thing, you know, you, I pay attention to everything. And Khalil Mack, when he was uh, – you know, it's certain things, you know, when guys get, you know, big contracts and, you know, the guys that are big names, you know, certain things that they don't do. And uh, Matt goes out there, man, he, he does it all. He works, you know, harder than I think people know. But, um, you know, it's little things he goes out there and does on his own. He, he goes out and do he goes the extra mile. He runs more. And, um, you know, it's crazy to see. <laughs> from a guy, you know, that's getting paid so much money. Beats everybody in a sprint. Can't beat him. Can't beat the guys <laughs> to the ball. Leonard's tried so many times. Can't do it. Yeah, they, that's <laughs> every every practice and every drill. Exactly. Those guys run to the ball, which is crazy. Mike, good luck on Thursday night and for the rest of your season and have a great career with the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, week Thank one you. is always the unknown, the great unknown. So who yep. knows what we'll expect, but it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. Mike Davis, our Thank guest Mike. for Tom Thayer. Mike Thank Davis, you. Paul Zarang, and Dan Barilli. I'm Jeff Joniak. That'll do it on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.